0: rpn the roddenberry podcast network
1: this episode of mission log live is brought to you by the eagle moss shop home of official star trek collectibles including rare and highly priced starship models from all star trek tv series and related productions use the promo code mission log for 10 percent off your order at shop.eaglemoss.com usa missionlog mission log evening cats and kittens star trek fans and star trek pals people and other people you know it you love it you can't live without it it is mission log live i'm ken ray asking you to come along with me on the search for john champion and actually john's still away incarcerated some might say paying his debt to society i mean officially he's on vacation unofficially well that's for other people to decide Oh, some would say pearl boards, but, you know, John's absence leaves the uh, Star Trek talk to you and me and our special guest, Larry Nemachek he of the Star Trek The Next Generation Companion, he of Stellar Cartography, he of Portal 47, and of course, he of The Trek Files, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast right here on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. As far as our topics tonight, you have your choice. We can talk about Captain Picard, we can talk about Admiral Picard, or we can talk about Star Trek Picard. And, of course, you have your choice of ways to join the conversation. You can join our Zoom meeting on our Facebook page. You can use the one-tap from your smartphone, or you can call 669-900-6833. 669-900-6833, You talk to Earl, and if you can answer for he, his questions three, you will be on with us. Hey, let's say hello to people in the chat room. Hello, everybody in the chat room. There's Paul. I see Paul there. And then there are other people, I assume, because I'm seeing things go by. There's Dave. Oh, there's Steve Sheridan. Hello, Steve. Tell Allison I said hello. Um, And, you know, other people. Hey, Donna's there. Hi, Donna. How you been? Yeah. I'd like to thank everybody for for hanging out in the chat room with us. Uh, If you're catching us live, which is great. If you're catching us later, by the way, all these people are getting together on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mission log pod. Uh, and they hang here live and they talk and they put in questions that I can't possibly read. But I hear they have a lot of fun in the chat room. So I'm glad they're here. You might also be watching us live on YouTube, by the way. That's up and running again. YouTube.com slash Roddenberry prod. That's cool. Maybe you're catching the audio only Star Trek uh, podcast later by which I meant the audio-only podcast later. Uh, However you're catching this show, uh, we're really glad you're here. I would ask you to do me a favor, hit like and hit share wherever you are finding it, because, you know, the more people who know about it, uh, the more fun is had by all, right? I think so. I got some business to take care of before we get into the meat of the show. Our fundraiser for Scott Palm and the Heroic Curriculum continues. That's a curriculum with two goals. First of all, teaching children with serious physical disabilities, resilience, healthy identity, breaking barriers, and other crucial mental health and life skills. Then the other thing is teaching the peers of children with disabilities inclusion, ending marginalization, and being an ally. Now it's great work that Scott's doing. And it's not particularly easy work because uh, Scott has cerebral palsy. And so, you know, getting from point A to point B, uh, it takes help and it takes money which is why the Roddenberry Foundation is joining with you to help Scott, you know, help everybody else. So what you do is you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mission log pod. You'll see a link there to the fundraiser. You'll see a picture of a very dapper looking John Champion uh, and uh, and Chase Masterson and then Scott Palm as well. All three of them, I think in Vegas last year. So look for that picture and then, uh, you know, click the link there and follow through, read about it and do what you can. Uh, And if what you can do is money, that's great, because the Roddenberry Foundation will actually match your contribution. If money is not something you can do right now, uh, hit share on that, because the more people who know about it, like I say, maybe you can't uh, donate, but maybe somebody else can. Somebody you know who's like, oh, Bob retweeted that. Your name is Bob for this exercise. Uh, Bob retweeted that. I'll look into it. And, you know, good work is done for everybody. So look for us, facebook.com slash mission log pod. Look for the picture of John and Chase and Scott and do what you can. Uh, next up, mission log. We are finally going back to Deep Space Nine. The Search, Parts 1 and 2 this week. The House of Quark next week because, yeah, we are back into the swing of mission log things. Also, if you have not been listening to the Daily Star Trek News podcast, that's the new show on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. If you're not listening to Daily Star Trek News, why? Details on the Star Trek animated series for Nickelodeon. Strolling through a virtual Orville, how Saru got his swagger. You miss those and a bunch of other stories, plus trivia, Trek history, Trek events in your backyard. 15 Minutes or Less, Daily Star Trek News with Allison Pitt. Find it wherever you find podcasts or check out its home on the Roddenberry Podcast Network, podcast.roddenberry.com. Got some other stuff coming up to tell you about uh, Sansar, virtual reality things. Larry Nemechek is actually going to be in Sansar. He's going to tell us more about his event later, but go ahead and circle your calendar now. Uh, the 13th of June, Larry will be talking stellar cartography. We'll hear more about that in a bit. And then the 20th of June, fingers crossed, we're going to be doing the White Room in the Roddenberry Theater in Sansar. Uh, stay tuned, because we'll have definite, definite stuff about that in the very near future. And, of course, we've got conventions coming up. San Diego Comic-Con, Larry is going to be there as well. We'll talk to him about that in a bit. And Star Trek Las Vegas, uh, we're all going to be there. And um hope to see you there as well. So, yeah. Tons of stuff. We'll have uh, we'll have a table, of course, at Star Trek Las Vegas. We'll have panels at Star Trek Las Vegas. We'll have drinks at Star Trek Las Vegas. So uh, if you're not going, you should think about it. And if you are going, be sure to catch one or all of us. Collect us all. Here we got a poll, just like we do every week. This week, well, actually, last week. Let's do last week's poll first. Which would you rather be on Star Trek or in Star Trek? Would you rather star on a Star Trek show or would you rather live in the Star Trek future? 88% of you are done with this timeline. 88% say you want to live in Star Trek. 12% say you want to be on Star Trek. Okay. This week... Which Picard do you want to see? Cuz I don't know if you've heard but there's a uh, there's a Picard series coming. Actually uh they dropped the trailer for that late last week I believe it was. Uh the question is which Picard do you want to see? Do you want to see talking Picard or do you want to see action Picard? Talking Picard would be the one from, you know, the TV series or measure of a man. That's talking Picard. Action Picard is um, no Die Hard in Space. I can't think of the name of it. Uh, Starship Mine, I believe that was. Uh, But really, uh, First Contact, uh, the one who drove around in the dune buggy at Nemesis. Which one do you want to see? Talking Picard or Action Picard? Talking Picard is seriously winning right now. 87% say they want to see Talking Picard. 13% say they want to see Action Picard. That poll, by the way, is available um, on our website or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mission log pod. And it'll be up for the week. So until the next time we start this show, you can vote, uh, vote for which Picard you want to see. Now, when you call in tonight at 669-900-6833, feel free to ask me a question. Feel free to ask Larry a question. But what we're talking about is the Picard series and, you know, the Picard character as well. Personally, I would love to hear your hopes for this show. Yeah, you can also do your fears of the show if you want to. But really what I'm hoping for is hopes for this show and pitches. If you've got an idea for what this show should be, and it's far too late, by the way, because I think they're like almost halfway through filming uh, the, the, the episodes that we know about. Um, but if you've got pitches, if you've got ideas for what the show can be, can be serious, can be funny, I'd just love to hear them. So, join our Zoom meeting. Facebook.com slash mission log pod is where you'll find the link to that. You can use the one tap from your smartphone or you can call 669 900 6833. 669 900 6833. That is all the boring, businessy business out of the way. So, it's time to bring in tonight's guest. Larry Nemichak joins us now. Dr. Track, proprietor of Portal 47. He's an author, he's a track expert, and, uh, and he is uh he is uh flying alongside today. Good evening, Dr. Track.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Ken, for uh allowing me a side seat here. I mean I I am sure John will turn up sometime. I, I'm sure he'll you know, <laughs> but you can't worry about that now. The ship of state flies on and uh you're looking very suave there in your Oh, black jacket. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't do the champion thing here with the jacket tonight. So,
1: yeah, no, it's okay. Well, John's not here. And you might think that I'm just like trying to be a pale imitation of John. But really, you can't get much more pale than John. Can you? Hello. Mm -hmm. Sorry. That's Mm -hmm. not nice. I would say it if you were here, too, though. So I think it's okay. Yeah, no, this is a. This is a uh, yeah. This is a work in progress. Uh, people will see this change over the next few weeks, hopefully, on the show, and then it's going to be like a completely different thing by the time we get to Vegas. So yeah, it's like it's like this is the blank canvas, unless I don't get to it, in which case, oh, it'll just be an oversized tuxedo jacket, and that'll be fine too.
0: Kind of like a 10 million or something by then, maybe. Wow.
1: Thanks for coming, Larry. It's been great having I don't you. Over know yeah, No, it's fine.
0: i will send it back into the yeah.
1: <laughs> let's let's talk about the uh, Picard series. I mean, I don't know which way to go. I will tell you the the funniest thing I've seen is there was a Vintner on Twitter who said the biggest question that's raised by the uh, by the Picard trailer. And then he proceeded to talk about the way they uh, they uh, tied the vines. I saw in that. Emily yeah. is very different from the way they're tying the vines in, in the trailer. And I thought, man, this is just hitting all kinds of nerd now. Uh, and yeah. talk to me about. I mean, I know it's just a teaser trailer, but talk to me about your immediate thoughts off the trailer.
0: Yeah, I just love the fact that, that hashtag Picard is so universal that now we have that layer of Vintner canon is creeping in now. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll have the Vintner bots and the Vintner trolls, Johnny. See, the question
1: that I asked, I know it's just a, uh, I, I think it was a poster, actually, but is the is the delta-shaped um, uh, part of the vineyard now canon? <laughs> Because um, I could come back in twenty years when uh, you know somebody besides J.J. Abrams takes over the movies.
0: It's that's true. That's true. No, I no. Look, I uh, when the trailer dropped, I was just I was just smiles from one end to the other. And seriously, aside from smiling and kind of being in awe, the first thought I seriously had was, my how things can change in four years, <laughs> in three or four years. The self assured confidence that that trailer spoke about the production and everybody with a hand on this series versus right. You know, the, the labored birth that discovery Mm -hmm. had and all the the miscues and missteps and a lot of question marks and stop, start and people coming and going. And to me, it was just the world of just a world of change. How much things have changed in four years and how much this well oiled machine is starting to become, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of points to get over, but how they're coming out of the gate with something that made, I thought, had to make everyone smile, then of course, I went online and saw some nooks and crannies, but nothing at all like what happened you know when discovery bowed and and I thought it was such a wonderful i mean if you 're going to set up the premise that of all the questions about what this show would be about, and i 've been calling it the loganization of Picard, I thought that, and then everything that's happened has kind of confirmed that right um, as an acting piece and as a canon piece and for the franchise and all that. But um when you have the voiceover say, Admiral, why did you leave Starfleet? Well you've answered three or four questions right there. And then I see the people you know, making fun, you know, pissing on the Vintner angle, what is this? A Viagra commercial, which then was literally brought to life by one bankster. But I thought, well, I'm sorry, have you watched the series? If a guy is in his senior years and he leaves the thing he's been to all of his life And he goes home. In this guy's case, he goes home to the vineyards. And did you not see the finale? Did you not see family? You know, so it made total sense. It made total sense. And it was very comforting. And, um, uh, you know, um, it had had all kinds of little Easter eggs, both visual and audio, like the resican flute at the end. And anybody that was... That to me, I thought anybody who was cheering, was rooting for this series should just be sitting there, you know, bigger smile than a Cheshire cat. Of course, I was, I was proven wrong a few places, but overall, I think I didn't, don't you think most of the world, um, took this and ran with it?
1: um how do you mean i mean first of all i love the viagra positive actually in positivity okay here's the thing i don't think the viagra thing was actually saying anything bad about it i think it's just a funny overlay it's almost just like a mashup or something it was it it
0: was within the family
1: yeah right yeah Yeah. i will tell you honestly i thought about having as the poll question tonight can this show fail and and i'll tell you why i thought about that as as the question Picard is, is just a larger-than-life character, you know? I mean, I, I will grant you, I was not as deep in Star Trek when Generations came out as I am today. Mm-hmm. And, and Shatner and Generations felt sort of tacked on, but I didn't hate it. It was still, it was actually good. It was, there was something, there was something interesting about seeing those two characters inhabit one space. Now, you know, years and years and years and years and years of thinking about it, it's ghastly. <laughs> but my immediate thought was I, I enjoyed it at the time. What I really wondered though, I mean, because you've got now Michael Chabon, I don't know if you read his uh, interview mm-hmm. earlier this week about, about,
0: Not recently. I saw his first big interview. Go ahead.
1: Oh, no, he did an interview in the last week or so. In fact, if you were listening to Daily Star Trek News, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, you'd have heard it quoted. Uh, He basically talked about the fact that uh, I think one of the quotes in it was dystopia is done because we're living in it. And he feels like what he wants the Picard show to be is that, you know, sort of hopeful future that a lot of us felt maybe was missing from a couple of the series that have come since uh, TOS and TNG. So, I mean, that, that's kind of an exciting thing. The idea, I mean, you've got a Pulitzer prize winning and a Hugo award winning author in the writer's room Mm -hmm. dealing with a character who, I mean, we've asked the question, do you want him to be action Picard? Do you want to be talking Picard? That character has filled both of those roles. Well, so you've got you've got a character that we want to love. You've got a, like writers, in addition to Chabon, who, you know, have 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 earned their bones. Um, if you're pardon of my use of that term, uh, going in and, and 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 creating a series that I wonder, honestly, could it fail? Now, as you point out, there is an Internet. So obviously the answer is yes.
0: <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, you, that writer's room. And a reason I didn't, you know, I saw that quote about dystopia from Michael Chabon. I I had thought that that was, he pretty much said that this initial interview about nine months that I seized on, because he was talking about the thing out of that interview that I loved was he was of my mind. And I was growing so disappointed during the fallow years when occasionally I would talk to one of them or somebody else would do an interview with some of the vet, like Ira or, or Ira Bear or Ron Moore or some of the, the greats. And they seem so fatigued with the idea of doing a new Star Trek, like the canon and all of that would just be an anchor around their neck for the freedom that a writer would want. And I'm like, no, no, are you kidding? Look at, And I always point to our novelists, our professional, our Star Trek licensed authors, the amazing things they do. With one of them now in the writer's room, Kirsten Byer, and in the writer's room for Picard. In fact, I saw some people crediting her with in their brainstorming of ideas for another show, she's the one that said, let's get Patrick and do this. Um, a lot of other gears had to turn, right? It wasn't just her snapping sure. her fingers. But, and, and the, uh, the, I think it was Michael Chabon that, um, uh, Shabon that tweeted the picture from their whiteboard of them sketching out the layout, speaking of star cartography, of, you know, the Federation, Romulans, and Klingons, basically on a white, here's the basics and how they all fit together. Which on the side, when they announced, when, when Alex Kurtzman said, Oh, it's going to deal with his personal aftermath to the destruction of Romulus. I went, Aha, that's what the, you know, it's like the clues are aligning here. The dots are connecting themselves. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and on a practical level, Patrick is 78 and he's in awesome, awesome shape. But it's not, I mean, all deference to your poll about the percentage that thoughtful Picard was winning. That's probably about the breakdown of how the thoughtful Picard scenes versus action Picard scenes. I'm thinking will play out now that I'm thinking about it and, and you know why the cast around him is, is younger, but Uh, I I don't know how you, I don't know how you expect anything else. Oh, no. Harrison
1: Ford broke his leg playing Han Solo. I'm just saying. I mean, I, that was not that was not oh, thinking I, Han Solo. No. <laughs>
0: I am not putting Picard in a corner here at all. Right. OK, don't, don't, yeah, don't take me wrong.
1: Uh, hang on. Six, six, nine, nine hundred, six, eight, three, three is the phone number to call. Six, six, nine, nine hundred, six, eight, three, three. Or you can use the one to tap from your smartphone or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mission log pod. Then click the link there and then you get to talk to Earl uh cosmo actually did one of those things i'm guessing he used the one top from his smartphone i don't know but cosmo how's it going this evening Uh uh-oh am i unmuted well you are unmuted what's on your mind tonight man
2: uh good to see you ken larry nice to meet you face to face uh for once yes uh i've been bugging you on twitter i'm uh starfleet panels or whatever my handle is i don't know oh that's you yes Yes. So nice to meet you. Talk about hitting some buttons. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I looked for a beer, but all we had was champagne. So what the heck, it's Tuesday. Um, To answer Ken's question, what are my hopes and fears? I honestly don't have any fears going into this because uh, I have faith in Patrick Stewart. He didn't, did not need to come back for this. Mm -hmm. So I know that he was wowed by the pitch and uh, if it was anything mediocre he would not have agreed to come back so i am uh as fear-free as i can be going to into something that i am this excited by and at the same time i'm going to try and keep my expectations kind of nice and even keel because uh hype is not the friend to fanboys and uh um the the flute at the end of the teaser gave me uh, all the tingly feelings and um uh, what are your guys's feelings about uh so far the cast that's been uh released are all newcomers how do you guys feel about cameos uh from past trek people
0: i'm for them I mean, is it a, is it a, no, I'm definitely against having any cameos from past people. <laughs>
2: well, um, you know, uh, some yeah. people are, just want to move the story forward. And I'm certainly one of those grumpy people who you know, griped a little bit when Discovery went, went back in the timeline. And so now for me to be going, oh, yeah, well, I, I'd love to see Riker wherever he's at. But then that's good. so but I, I'm definitely hoping there are some cameos and it's going to be Picard's story but I'd like to see uh, a few uh, interspersed in there.
1: I uh, personally, I'm going to, again, I'm going to trust the writers or hope that we can trust the writers anyway to tell a good story. I was discussing this with a friend of mine the other day, actually somebody else on uh, the Roddenberry podcast network. And one of the women at warp says, uh, if there is no Beverly Crusher in the Picard series, then they've done a disservice. But then I think about, okay, and this was brought up by, by a friend of mine, like I say. Um, how many people do I talk to on a regular basis that I talked to 20 years ago? Or 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. And that number, I believe, is one, maybe two. And that one person is somebody I've known since I was a child. And then everybody else, people that I would have thought, you know, yeah, this is somebody who's going to be part of my life forever. I, I, one lives in another country right now. We haven't talked in over 15 years. Um, others are just are just gone. I mean, the thing is, we we lived on the Enterprise for seven years, and you know, plus the movies. And then when that was over, that was still where a lot of us lived. And so you can't imagine you know, Picard without Crusher. Except there was Picard without Crusher right before we started watching Next Gen, and there's plenty of time for there to be Picard without Crusher afterwards as well. The same goes for you know, name any character. Um, Will B4 have evolved into Data, as he did in the comic books? I mean, do we get a Brent Spiner? Because he looks older, so probably he might not work for Data on TV at this point, and Riker and everybody else. I mean, I want to trust that they're going to have a good enough idea that the show will not suffer. What I like to see them? Honestly, what I'd rather see is a Crusher series. I'd rather see a Crusher series and a Riker series and or even just like, you know, a two-hour movie or something. I would like to see each of these characters get their due rather than each of these characters being a prop for, you know, just like a, like a thing to make the fans happy, happier, I should say, uh, with the Picard series.
2: That, that would be great. Have some shorts. Not not Short Trek sh- short, but uh, yeah. uh, a Riker. Yeah, that, that's an a hour, great idea.
1: An two-hour two movie, something like that.
2: Yeah. Uh, Cause my, my, if they, you know, put Riker in there for five minutes, that's going to make you want more. And uh, I, I'd love to see Q. I know that wouldn't work because John Delancey's older and, but their relationship was so uh, dear to my heart that it'd be nice, but I know it can't happen. Um, and uh, I, I'd certainly love to see a Voyager person or a Deep Space Nine person. Uh, twenty. How far along uh, after is it? Thirty years past. Uh, Nemesis.
0: We're Have we heard, Larry? It's twenty-ish. I the the number twenty was thrown out a lot, and since uh, Nemesis was twenty-three seventy-nine, then that became twenty-three ninety-nine. But then there, when they talk about if you know if the emergency that he responded to and the cataclysm was indeed the destruction of Romulus. That was 2287, and if it's been 15 years since then, that would be 2502. So, you know, I, you know it's been an evolution of, of things since then. So but that was some of the chatter online, and that's all good stuff. But I, it's it, it's within that range. It's within that range, yeah. And, but here's, and, the, here's the thing to throw out. if If, indeed, any of the folks – and it's cute watching – Social media, it's watching them turn up at conventions and seeing the chatter because they're getting bombarded with it. All of them, Gates and Marina and Michael and, and of course, Jonathan's directing. He's directing right now, but, um, watching them all dodge and dance the question. And it's gone <laughs> from no one's talk to me to, um, uh, nope. Can't talk about it. Can't talk about it. So, you know, you have a full cast, but if, if, if they are, if they are dropped in as cameos, hopefully it's well done. Like, like you say, you don't want to see more of them. But at the same time, you, and you can't always predict the Pike and he had a whole season. <laughs> and, but we'd at least know these actors and roles. But if that is going to happen, you're not going to hear about it right now. I mean, those are going to be the little, you know, the little bombshells that come out way, way further down the line. If the show doesn't even premiere till December, November or December, then that's down the line. But, um, it needs to be a standalone show. And again, I'm not, I saw folks in the chat over here talking about, uh, he's got a lot of good years left. And yes, he does. Patrickson, they wouldn't have embarked on this journey and even talked about it going three seasons. I mean, one of my fears was that this was going to be a 10 episode, one, one year operation. And we were going to actually end with him, his death at the end somehow. It was going to be the end mm-hmm. of the character, which was a downer. And it, oh boy, if you want to go dark and if you want to be <laughs> you know, all 2019 on me here. <laughs> but they're talking about oh we could go two or three seasons so that's that's kind of out of the loop. So um I no I mean just everything about this what surprised me is again watching fandom react. I've been so personally reassured by every little thing, even the whiteboard where they're sketching out where everything is and it's accurate. Cuz Kirsten's in there and she's not going to let them go off track. But uh watching the things people have popped up to talk about but even then, most of it is in that healthy old, it's old fanboy, fangirl sit at the bar and are sitting in the back corner of the club room, you know, and debate fan stuff. Most of it's, most of it's been there. So I, yeah, I'm again, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, somewhere between excited and the fact that everything that's been unspooled has been what I rather assumed because it's like, look, what, what, what was it going to be? He's not going to be an admiral with a crew and a bright, bright, shiny captain admiral on a bright, shiny ship with a bright, shiny crew running around doing adventures. That's old hat. And that's exactly what they got to was. No, I didn't want to do the same all again. That's what I didn't want to do. So is he an admiral? Is he a retired admiral? Is he an ambassador now? Is he um, still in service? Did he retire and they pulled him back for a mission? Have they pulled him back for a covert mission? as an ambassador or was he drummed out over, you know, was it a branded situation where he was thrown out on a, on a, on a, the, the legendary Jean-Luc Picard was kicked out of the service or demoted or whatever over something that was not true. And he took his lumps and went off and now he's going to, you know, it's like, all. Oh, but here's like, there are seven or eight obvious, you know, paths for it to go to. And the minute that trailer comes out and says, Admiral, why are you coming back? Well, he's wa- standing there in Starfleet headquarters. So obviously he's not, persona non grata on a, on a trader sign, you know, with like Eli Hollander or something. And, um, and he's there of his own volition coming back and it's been long enough for the young ensign didn't know him. So it, it, it's all feeling like it's like, this is exactly what we would think there'll be surprises in the details, but the basic sketch of the show, I don't know. What do you think? Basic sketch of the show seems like this is about what it had to be given two or three basic choices.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you asking me or are you asking Cosmo? Both of you. Go, Cosmo.
0: Go, Cosmo. Um, well, <laughs> that
2: that is reassuring that it's uh, more than one season. Because like you, I would be just on edge. That, okay, it's going to end with him dying. And um, with only yeah, 10 I, episodes. I, I'm not
0: talking about it already being planned for more than one. I'm just saying in the writer's heads, they're thinking it. Mm-hmm. Can, yeah.
2: Wh- which is reassuring, though. And um, with only 10 episodes, I would... Uh, get a little anxious if it felt like any of it was wasting time, but with uh, the possibility of more uh, there's a heck of a lot of room to grow. And uh, this whole season might be his journey back into Starfleet. And then who knows what, if there is a season two, what that might entail ambassadorship or uh, being an admiral again, coming back into the fold. Um, Ken, what about you?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, again, I'm going to say pass. I mean, because I heard a rumor forever ago that I hated, but nothing that I've seen since then has indicated that that rumor is true. And I can't tell you how happy I am that I can sort of like forget anything that I even thought I knew. Um, I was worried that it was going to be dark, 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 2019 dark, as uh, Larry said a moment ago. Uh, but then the Shabon quote, or Shabon or you know, however you say it, the Pulitzer Prize-winning author's quote saying that everything's been too dark to this point and he would like for this show to not be that made me, uh, well, uh, the, the phrase is happy as Larry, but Larry's right there, so we can ask him how happy <laughs> he is. That's the phrase. Hey, um, anything else on your mind tonight, Cosmo? Uh,
2: no, but I, I totally agree with you. And especially after the last time I saw Patrick Stewart on screen, he was a uh, crazy old... Uh, uh, Professor X in Logan. And so I, I was a little worried, especially when that quote from a, a year ago from Kurtzman saying, uh, uh, Picard is drastically altered from uh, the man we knew. From That had me a little worried that we were going to get crazy old man Picard. And we know nothing, but he's at a vineyard. And so I,
0: I feel better about that. And, uh, no, wait, tonight he, I brought, Alex was just talking about the toupee. That's all he was talking about.
1: <laughs> I will say I the always, one... The one thing, I mean, if you look at the rest of his work, right? I mean, he does uh, Family Guy, which is uh, just voiceover, but I mean, he's nuts in that, but in like an energetic, fun kind of way. Uh, he also had his series that eh, I wasn't a huge fan of, but I watched a bit of it. I think it was called Blunt Talk.
0: Blunt Talk, yeah,
1: yeah, which was not old man Picard. It was not old man Xavier. It was, it was again, sort of like batty old man, but it was energetic. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, Larry you're right. James it's kind of a yeah Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he was yeah. a, he was on a bad
2: guy, bad guy skinhead Nazi leader in uh, the movie Green Room from a few years ago.
1: Yeah, which I heard about, but I haven't seen. Mm. Part of me wants to see it, and then part of me doesn't want to see it because, you know, I watched the news <laughs> So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, it was dark. And, uh to, you know, I always see the, the guests come on here with their little Star Trek stuff, and I always get jealous of all the ships John and Ken have from Eagle Moss, So I brought out my, uh, generations big old enterprise nice. D with the battle damage and i love that the bottom pristine and the top with uh symmetrical damage going down but uh yeah i figured i'd bring out mine tonight
1: well thank you very much oh wow it makes and everything oh yeah. Up. oh yeah that's straight from cool.
2: 1995 but <laughs> cool. pleasure talking to both you guys and uh love the show
1: good to meet thank you very much cosmo bye-bye uh, six, six, nine, nine hundred, six, eight, three, three is the phone number to call six, six, nine, nine hundred, six, eight, three, three. We have Kevin lined up to talk to us in just a moment, but first I got a little bit of business to do. If you don't mind hanging on for just a moment, Mr. Nemichak. I can do it. Thank you very much. Cause I want to talk about our good friends at Eagle Moss. Oh, Cosmo just mentioned all the Eagle Moss ships. There are some up there behind me. Of course, there will be beautiful video footage of some coming up in just a bit. Uh, You know, fans of all the different Eagle Moss ships, uh, be they the original collection of five to six inch starships, the larger Star Trek Discovery collection, or the even larger XL editions. If you're looking to add to your collection or, you know, know, well, there's tons of stuff out there. The Eagle Moss shop is open and ready to do business. And because you're listening to this right now, you can actually get an extra 10% off select models. What you do is you go to shop.eaglemoss.com slash USA slash mission log. And then look at the stuff that they have there. It's an interesting variety. I mean, there are some things you'll recognize, like um, no, there's a Klingon bird of prey there, I think. Uh, and, and And other, I don't want to say standard ships because they're all beautiful, but ships that you've seen on screen. Then there's other stuff, like uh, Rick Sternbach's early concept model of the USS Voyager. There is the uh, now-legendary Interphase USS Defiant from the original series episode, The Tholian Web, and it glows in the dark. Uh, There's an Andy Probert design for, I think it was the NCC-1701C, which I don't. Think is the one that made it to the screen, but I'm not 100% certain. Uh, there's the USS Titan, as seen in books. That's right. As seen in the Star Trek in your mind. Look around. You're sure to find a ship or five that scream by me, take me home, put me on your shelf. Officially authorized by CBS studios, each and every model is die cast, hand painted, and comes with a display stand plus an in depth magazine featuring exclusive artwork and highlighting the ship's history, its design, and its place in Star Trek lore. To order, go to shop.eaglemoss.com slash USA slash Mission Log and enter promo code Mission Log, all one word at checkout, to receive an extra 10% off your order. That is offer code missionlog at shop.eaglemoss.com slash USA slash Mission Log. And a huge thanks to Eagle Moss for sponsoring this week's show. 669 900 6833 is the phone number to call. 669 900 6833. Or you can use the one tap from your smartphone, or you can go to the Facebook page, slash mission log pod, and click the link there and be on with us. Uh, we're going to get to Kevin in just a moment. But uh, Larry, I had mentioned a couple of things that you're going to be doing over the next couple of months and said we would talk about them later. And guess what time it is? It's later um, o'clock.
0: Wow. It's la- It's
1: later o'clock. Yeah. Uh, in about two weeks, I think it is, two weeks from Thursday, you're doing a thing in Sansar.
0: I am. Uh, and thanks to uh, Roddenberry and thanks to Sansar. Uh, we did the bloopers. We did a program with the bloopers a few months back, and that was a lot of fun. This time, we're actually going to be on point with uh, Star Cartography. And, and for those of you that don't know, the Sansar Theater, the Roddenberry the
1: uh, Roddenberry Run, Theater in Sansar.
0: In Sansar, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a great I mean if you have VR goggles you can use them otherwise you can just come on with a windows sorry mac folk but a windows uh, flat screen and be be there with your avatar but interacting as an audience in this 3D environment actually showing we had bloopers but you've had movies you've had speakers you've had that and we're going to have um, it <laughs> we're going to have uh, a look at I say stellar cartography anymore, and it dawns on me that not everyone carries around the romantic vision of Nella Darren, you know, from Lessons and Stellar Cartography. Nowadays, you say stellar cartography even to a Trek fan, and I'm worried that people think, "Oh my God, is what is that like an upper level physics master class?" What a, you know. So if I instead we say something like star nerddom or star canon or something from Trek, maybe some people will, you know, get their eyes will light up a little bit. But it's it's not only how um, Real science and astronomy and uh, the Trek fictional world have all been blended that we see now, including on Discovery. But it's like the the evolution of that. It's really a kind of a fun thing. And if you're a, whether you're a longtime fan or a newbie, I, I hopefully will will throw out some nuggets for you. But um, it's what it's the first thing. One of the first two or three things that grabbed me when I was first a fan was realizing when I got Beej's Concordance. Oh my God! Look at all these stars in here. They're not organized. And (laughs) that was like, well, let's do it. And there's even now we're to the point where there's even been a history of eras of how Star Trek star mapping has been. So I'm going to share some of that. And the whole Sansar environment is just very um, wacky to think that you're all in there and you're, you know, realistic or not realistic avatars and um, interacting. And we can we can have Q&A and all that. So I'm really looking forward to it on the 13th.
1: Very cool. And then uh, also, I know we don't have as many details about this, but both you and uh, well, you and John and me and a bunch of other people are going to be down at the uh, San Diego Comic-Con in July.
0: Right. We have a basically a podcast. We've done it two or three years here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not allowed to say <laughs> now the time, but just rest assured sometime over the four days of San Diego Comic-Con, we will we'll have a panel. Um, and yeah. you knowing about how they've done the podcasting type panels in the past, it's in the same place that it's been the last two years. So I don't want yeah. to be shot by the Comic Con police. So I better not say anything.
1: you can't say it's in the same place, but it, but it probably is somewhere near the same place that it might have been, uh, every other time you've done the panel.
0: That would require foreknowledge. And I think that's, I think that caveat, I'm safe on that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So if you're down in the old, uh, down in the Gaslamp District for those days in July, come over and uh, see us.
1: Yeah, that panel was fun last year. Yeah. So uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's grown every year.
0: Out, so hopefully, we'll uh, right. And then, yeah. can I say real quickly? I have a panel again. I can't say where or when, but Robert Butler, who was uh, a guest on Portal Forty Seven and Open House a couple of years ago, who was the director of the Cage, and aside from Laurel Goodwin, is about the only who played Yeoman Colt was about is about the only you know, a hands-on person from the cage we still have with us. Um, he and his son uh are going to be down. I have an hour with them over. That was my other panel approved. It's kind of like a meet and greet. Um, not a meet and greet, but an hour with Robert wow. Butler, who's That's a very long-time cool. career director, um, has this one contact with uh, very pivotal. And with all the hoopla about the cage and Pike and number one this year um, the yeah. and all of that in Vena. I thought it was apropos. And um, anyway, it's great that we still having him with us, and I'm really looking forward to that too.
1: Very cool. So uh, obviously uh, keep it here because as these things get closer, as we're actually able to say what the panels are called and when the panels will be. John and I will be sure and mention it on Mission Log Live and yeah, Facebook and Twitter and all the places that we do. Uh, 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or you can use the one tab from your smartphone, or you can uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Mission Log Pod. Then click the link and you'll be on with us. Uh, Kevin, last name. Am I saying Kevin's last name or am I not saying Kevin's last name?
2: Well,
3: Larry, of all people, should know that if you invoke Star Trek authors on a live podcast,
0: it's like Beetlejuice. We right. just show up. <laughs>
1: Delmore, Delmore, Delmore.
0: It's exactly like Beetlejuice. That's that was it's, it's exactly that was the. Go. And it's Renata exactly. Ryder played young Amanda. So <laughs> that's, or that's something.
1: That's, that's true. <laughs> I and Mia, that was, and Mia Kirshner might have to fight about it now to see who actually right. gets to do that. Well,
0: right. Hey, thanks oh, yeah, for I, I,
1: in.
3: I serve at her will and pleasure. So that's, you know, I just, I just do it. I'm told. I'm excited about this Robert Butler thing, though, because, uh, here's something, Larry, I think you know, but that's not my, uh, um, brother-in-law is, um, is John Hoyt's grandson.
0: Oh, you did mention that to me once. Yes, John Wayne played Cowboys, so, million other yeah, uh, westerns and everything all over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so
3: I always enjoy connections to the Cage, and so that's something I will if I can uh, break away from the place that I usually hang out. That I don't know if I'm allowed to, to pimp online, but uh, <laughs> um, but the place where people normally find me.
0: Well, so I'm what, glad that you're able to send some the very best for those who know old. <laughs> well,
3: it's because I care enough, Larry. Because yes, I care enough.
0: Yes, to send the
3: very um, <laughs> precisely. But uh, no, I've enjoyed uh, eavesdropping on your uh, card conversation. It's nice to know that uh, people are. Uh, Uh, coming into it open-minded i know that sometimes in the world of star trek and the world of the internet that uh you know the uh the 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 negative opinions can sometimes uh overshadow the positivity but i am sensing in this case it's not really happening is that what you Mm -hmm. are you both picking up the same thing again that's what i've been seeing yeah
1: yeah. You're saying the negativity is not outweighing the positive. Is that what you're saying?
3: That's, well, I'm I'm hearing the positive comments not not going away. I mean, they're, I feel like they're rising up over. There's, I mean, there's always going to be skepticism. I mean, there's skepticism on a show we like from episode to episode. I mean, you know, we saw that with Game of Thrones. We're crying out loud. You know, I mean, we're signing petitions to rewrite a whole season. But uh, I just feel like that. Overall, my barometer, but you guys have your uh, finger on this pulse tighter than me, it's feeling really positive, which which, I'm, which I am very heartened by.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, again, I mean, not to keep harping on the writer thing, but the fact that the writers, one of the lead writers on it, one of the biggest named writers on it, is saying that that's what he wants it to be. I mean, that does fill one with hope. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, I, it's, and I didn't it's finish like, I-
1: like a week forgive me really quickly. It's also only been a week since the teaser trailer dropped. So, I mean, there's plenty of time for for horrible negative things to come, you know, to come poking through. I certainly hope that that doesn't happen. I mean, because look, I think the reason that Pike was such a revelation was because Pike was a good guy. Right. I mean, I think, I think people want a captain or a leader in whom they can believe. And Picard has been that to this point, and and it's hard to imagine, even if he's no longer a captain, even if he's no longer an admiral, even if he's no longer in Starfleet, he's still going to be a guy. I hope anyway that people are going to want to follow. If he's a reluctant leader, that's fine, as long as he's still the guy who mm-hmm. you know we know is going to do going to do right when we get to uh, yeah. the end of the day.
0: the, the, the path. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, I just said that all the elements, the core elements and textures that make up Picard are still there.
3: You're right. Well, right. I mean, the, the path that we won't know and the path we, we won't know um, if the writers are going to explore in detail is um, what has shaped him, uh, you know, in the intro. Um, you know, the uh, I mean, there's uh, I mean, would anyone have guessed? in 1981 that Jimmy Carter would be the former president he's become um, would you know I mean what happens to the leaders that we see you know I mean that we hold an opinion of over the course of time and uh, where they uh, you know I mean I, I grew up in the in the same uh, town as uh, Eisenhower you know and uh, and people still will look back at uh, some of the comments, Comments that he made at the end of his tenure, rather than the than you know the his uh, service during the uh, 1950s and early 60s. It's just I'm excited to see who he is now and uh, and and you know where where this story is going to start.
1: Can I ask? Let me ask you both a question. Because um, Larry, I think you were referencing something that was in like maybe a little bit of leaked footage, which I honestly haven't seen. I'm working from. Uh, the comments that the authors may or that the writers have made and the teaser trailer. Can we actually take anything in the teaser trailer as I don't want to say Canon, but I mean, can we assume that they're actually going to move from the teaser trailer or is the teaser trailer literally there just to tease us to be excited?
0: Just I mean, like the, like the welder for star Trek O nine or something. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Hey, that was a great. Tease. I loved
1: that. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a, I don't want to name names, but I know somebody who's in the Star Trek, you know, thing who thought that was like one of the worst teases ever. And man, I had that living on my on my browser because I thought that was just, yeah. it was just an absolutely fantastic thing to watch.
0: That guy, uh, Anthony, yeah. was his name, was my first video interview when I first started my blog in like 2008. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Which now, I never thought of it until now, and I'm like, oh, holy smokes, that was 11 years ago, and now it's a thing, and it's, like, covered in dust already. So <laughs> <laughs> The re-
1: the reason I asked the question is because, Kevin, when you say what are the things that, you know, what are the things that have changed him, well, something happened 15 years ago that he left Starfleet. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's obviously a thing, unless all that's a MacGuffin, unless all that's just, like, well, you know, into I think it. It's-
3: I I think it'd be fair to say that, uh, I mean, I mean, what, what do you think if we were going to go, I mean, if you're going to point to what we've seen on screen, the top one or two most traumatic experiences that we've seen Picard endure was, you know, his, his transformation in the Locutus and back again. Mm -hmm. And where did he go after that? He went to the vineyard. Right. He went home. So he went home. So now we've seen something that has drawn him home again. And the only thing I can imagine is that this is going to be something that as least as far as, you know, emotionally, intellectually, um, you know, what system shocking for him um, to drive him home. And uh, and so I'm, I'm eager to eager to see what that story is going to be.
1: I'm really hoping for lots of talking. I'm not kidding. I mean, when we're, it, <laughs> we're owed, the question in the poll was, do you want to see talking Picard or do you want to see action Picard? I'm hoping for lots of you know real consideration about, about where he's been, what he's doing, what he's doing next, as opposed to just the, we have to quickly run over here and turn off this thing and then shoot that guy. And then, you know, so this other stuff doesn't blow up. I mean, I'm hoping... I would I would like contemplative science fiction as opposed to, you know, wow, look at the effect.
0: And we have all those you 30 know, and 40 year olds to handle some of the action. I'm not saying that it should be, you know, an unrelenting snooze fest, but you haven't heard anyone coming out of the gate on the creative side talking about having to meet the Game of Thrones bar like you did. Mm-hmm. With Discovery, thinking that was the, that's what was going to get subscribers. That was what was going to get eyeballs. That was what was going to break out of the Star Trek audience. No one's talking that way with it. This is all about Picard and character and Patrick, who's not only in the writer's room, he's an executive producer. So mm-hmm. I mean, those can be platitudes, but, but that's there. There's money where the mouth is there. So. <laughs>
3: And I and I sincerely believe that uh, this is not a uh, that this is that he was enticed by the concept, not the paycheck. Exactly. I'm sure the paycheck is going to be nice, but there's but uh, there's 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 no reason to to believe that he's doing this just because he you know he wants to make another deposit. Uh, I I think he's I think something. Awakened this character in him again. And I credit the writers for coming to him with an idea that did that.
0: Well, and not only is it not about the money, which it's obviously not, and it's not about having something creatively different enough to be challenging, just as a creative as an actor, which is said, but the downside of it, there is a risk. Risk is our business, I know. But the risk (laughs) is what if you're the legendary Sir Patrick who played. You know, uh Picard for all those years on TV and built this franchise and became a, a rival to Kirk as far as you know the pantheon of super, you know Star Trek heroes. And then what if you go out and you blow it? What if you have a f- a series that fizzles and it or even even on a Star Trek scale, it's just a yeah and leaves people going, oh, I wish they hadn't come back after all. And try, I mean, that's as big a risk as is anything. To, you know, that the figures in the formula here, and they're plowing. Well, you're, you're making me want to watch Aftermath again, Larry. <laughs> yeah, all mm-hmm. these shows were oh. like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's kind of ow. Free, free Keiko, Rosalind Chow, yeah. Let me, let me, <laughs> but no, let me, you're exactly right.
1: There's there a risk.
0: A, there's an underside if this doesn't go well. So they're doing all they can to make sure that it, it is. Well,
1: let me go completely the opposite way on this, though, because like, I know people who love Discovery, I know people Mm -hmm. to whom there are specific characters in Discovery that speak to them in ways that no other character has spoken before. But I don't know that Discovery has been able to break out of the Star Trek bubble in a way. Star Mm -hmm. Trek broke out of, well, because the Star Trek bubble didn't exist. So Star Trek, in many ways, and there are tons of people you can talk to who will say actually changed the world. Are we, are we past that at this point? Is there too much TV? Is there too much other stuff going on? Can a TV show still change the world? And is there any shot that the Picard show could do that? Or is, it, is, is there a, now a Star Trek ceiling, and it can go as high as the Star Trek ceiling, but no further?
0: I'll say real fast. I thought in the 90s we got to a point before the dot-com boom and before the Iraq war and before 9-11. Right. Yeah. I thought there was a point where maybe we didn't need Star Trek anymore. You know, the carpet on the walls and the therapist on the bridge was really starting to kick in. And then when things started to go to again in the aughts and now in the teens and what Michael Shabin was talking about, the dystopias out there for our vehicles. I yeah, that's one thing that you could say about Discovery and Picard and all of this is that the world does need Star Trek, assuming it's done well that we are much more ripe for it now. It's, it's needed in the world. And that's, you know, that's my, I don't want to be Pollyanna about it, but that's, I think there's a gut. All the people out there that don't know Star Trek, that don't know they're going to need it by the time it gets to them, hopefully.
3: And and I would say something similar. Um, I think that I've reached a point um, that um, I don't walk into a movie or a TV series, needing it to do the heavy lifting. Um, but I sure enjoy a TV series that makes me feel great when it's over. Even if I feel if it's a tough story to watch, I'm just glad that I saw um, a uh, you know a creative effort uh, on a myriad of fronts come together. Because it's sometimes when you think about it, even just an episode of a TV show is pretty miraculous. I mean, for everybody to, to to really be on their game and make something happen between performances and 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 scoring and editing and and, and uh, cinematography and, and the writing and the, I mean, when you look at all the pieces and parts that come together, uh, how does this happen? Um, but uh, but is does the world need Star Trek? I I think that uh, um, the, the world needs something optimistic and hopeful. And right now, uh, Star Trek is the one place I go to that I can count on it happening. I mean, you know, I can't even, you know, go to my, uh, um, you know, I mean, from from my kid days, um, you know, I was either watching Star Trek or reading comics. And, you know, and comics don't carry the hope, the the consistent hopeful stories that, uh, um, you know, that I can just depend on with Star Trek. I just feel like it's it's a place we can go that uh, we can see um good smart people doing good smart things
0: consistently and Work. then that's
3: what i think there's room for
0: yeah and occasionally things go awry but you want to think that the arc of <laughs> arc of the narrative of the history is coming back to that you know the onward march upward
3: oh my gosh yes i mean well you know, we, we want drama i mean that was something i think that uh you know that uh you know that People, I don't, I, I only know what I read, you know, and I, I only trust Larry when it comes to Star Trek history, but uh, when it, but when, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, crowd, the story, yeah. yes, but, but, uh, but, you know, the stories I read was, you know, that there were, uh, um, you know, um, victims from, from the top. That was, you know, this is not to be a show about conflict. This is a show, you know, this is to be, you know, people getting along and doing things and whatever. And, you know, that sounds, that sounds great on paper, but, uh, it's, it's difficult to watch. And, and when you, uh, add conflict, um, I think that that's, you know, and that's, that's where hope arises from conflict. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, I mean, it's 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 not just the 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 constant steady stream i mean that's the difference you know between uh um, you know shoot, even family circus had conflict you know i mean is billy going to get home in time for dinner and who's going to clean up all these dotted lines family circus (laughs) that's a great (laughs)
1: just awful you're awful for calling in and never do it again I, actually, I really appreciate it no,
3: last time.
1: I know, I know. I really do appreciate your calling. In. And, and, uh, and yes, absolutely. I, actually, we need to have you back on sometime too, cause I actually, I want to, I want to, I don't want to fight with you, but I want to, I want to, I want to have that discussion that you just started, you know, with three minutes left in the show uh, uh, longer at some point. Uh, but in, in the meantime, though, no, I do have to let you run. Thank you very much for calling in tonight, man. I appreciate it. We'll see oh,
3: yes. You oh my gosh. Just thank you for letting me on. And hopefully I'll see you both in San Diego.
1: No, yep. oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, uh before we uh, all part ways, I want to remind you about something that we would like for you to do after this show. Stay on Facebook and catch the live recording of Priority 1, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Kenna's last night is tonight. Oh, she, she by the way, yeah, well, her real name or her other name is Allison Pitt and Allison has that new show that she's doing now for the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Um so she's saying a fond farewell to P1. And, of course, that show will go on. Elijah, Anthony, and, you know, who knows who else will still bring you news from all over the Star Trek multiverse every Tuesday night at 1130 Eastern, 830 Pacific. That's when they record it live. So uh, don't go anywhere. I mean, go someplace, but come back by 1130 Eastern, 830 Pacific and settle in for Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast streaming live as it happens at Facebook.com slash Priority One podcast. And as always, if you can't catch it live, you know, it is getting late on the East Coast. If you can't catch it live, uh, podcast.rottenberry.com or wherever you get your podcasts, that's where you can find Priority One. Drops every Friday morning. So uh, so be sure and check that out. As long as we're talking about other things for people to do, Larry, uh, you've got a bunch of live stuff that you do on Tuesdays. You've got Portal 47. We've got about a minute. Let everybody know everything you want them to know.
0: Well, right here on RPN, of course, we have the Trek Files, which is yes. there every Tuesday morning, early Pacific time, and uh, heading to the great show this week with Fred Bronson. And we've got Dorothy Fontana coming back and more guests coming. Uh, but yes, my Facebook live show is at one o'clock uh, for uh, one o'clock Pacific every week. We had a great show today, talked about some of these same Picard topics, Um and uh, the end of June, I just want to we're talking about <laughs> there are some new locations in that trailer, too. We have a new location for Starfleet headquarters and who knows where they shot the vineyard scenes at this moment. So um, locations are a fun thing around L.A. And I love doing that with the Big Geek Nation tour, which will be back next year before Vegas. But in the meantime, if you like a day tour, I do Treklandtreks.com. And coming up to the end of June, we have a prepackaged version of that. More on a budget level called LA Away Days. So go to my website, Larry um, slash away days, and you can get all the info there, uh, June 29th and/or th- and 30th.
1: Very cool. Well, thank you very much for joining us and talking Picard tonight, Larry. I do appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you before uh, San Diego, but I'll definitely see you there.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely can. Trek well.
1: Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Technical production on Mission Log Live by Earl Green. Hey, be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network, including not just Mission Log, but also Women at Warp, Priority One, The Trek Files, and Daily Star Trek News. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, patreon.com slash mission log is the place to do that uh yeah some cool stuff there especially now that we're back into regular uh regular mission log recordings we'll probably get back into doing some videos there occasionally too so patreon.com slash mission log to learn more thanks to everybody who joined us live or later and we will talk to you next week